0: Welcome to the Bible and Life Podcast. You want to hear something kind of crazy? Well, this week is my wife and I's 31st wedding anniversary. That's crazy to me. Like 31 years. We met when I was 18 years old. We dated for a couple of years. Got married nine days after I turned 20 and she had turned 21. And we have been married now for 31 years. We have uh Two adult kids. They're married. They're having kids of their own, and it's like, man, where in the world did time go? So that's crazy to me. And I just thought I would share it with you. And thanks for being a part of uh, my life through this podcast and all of that. And my wife and I are going to do something really simple this year in view of the coronavirus. We're probably just going to get takeout, or maybe we'll really risk it since some restaurants are open where we live, and we might even eat out at a restaurant tomorrow night and just kind of hang out, and keep it pretty low key. But that's the plan. So. On the last few episodes of the podcast, we have been exploring just this theme of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus and what is discipleship and how do we live as a disciple. And so we've been just kind of looking at various aspects of that. And in that vein, I wanted to share with you an opportunity that if you're a pastor or you're a missionary or you're a head of a mission organization, um, right now I have open enrollment for my church subscription to my online courses. And my courses uh, are, or the subscription plan basically means that everyone in the church has access to those courses for you to use as part of your discipleship process. Some churches are using them in small groups. Some are using them in one-on-one or in kind of like you know maybe groups of three uh, discipleship uh, environments. Some of them are using it as training materials for emerging leaders or in class settings for like youth leaders and other leaders in the church, or even some small group leaders, they want to raise up and train to help them really be grounded in the Word. So they're a really great resource to helping people be grounded in the faith and help them grow in the faith. And everyone in your church can have access to those courses simply by signing up for a monthly subscription. And those subscription plans are based on the size of the church. So the cost is... uh, Uh, Adjusted depending on how many people within the church will have access to that. And so I will put a link to that down in the notes below, but you can also shoot me an email if you want to know more about that. My email is john at johnwhittaker.net, john at johnwhittaker.net. Shoot me an email, love to talk with you about that. That open enrollment ends at the end of the month of May, so May 31st, a couple weeks from Uh, when this episode is released. And so got a couple weeks to maybe get your ducks in a row and and sign up for that. But, man, these courses could be really, really helpful uh, to your missionaries, training leaders. They're being used in the Philippines. They're being used in Australia. They're being used here in the States. And so uh, if that sounds like something that might be really helpful to you, I would encourage you just to swing over to... um, my church subscription page, link down below in the notes. Check those out. Reach out to me if you've got questions. I'd love to help you figure out if that could work for you. All right, let's jump into today's material. I remember when I was just a young boy, my grandpa wanted to uh, take me and my, my brother and my sister out fishing, but we needed to be fairly proficient at casting, right? Like casting our pole. And so he had us practice casting in his backyard. He had like a bucket set up across the yard. We'd have the pole and he would show us how to cast. And the goal was to get our lure to land in the bucket so that we'd be accurate. We'd have control where we were casting so that when we were in the boat fishing with him, we could cast our line, wherever we needed to do it, where grandpa thought the fish would be. And so there we would be in grandpa's backyard. He would show us how to cast and then we would do it. He would correct what we had done wrong. He would help us make sure we had the bail right and you know, and all of that. And he would show us how to cast and we would practice casting until we got good at it so that when we were actually out fishing. Uh, Hopefully our line didn't get tangled as much. We could put our lure where it needed to be and we could all have a better time fishing than spending most of our time untangling lines and all of that. Um, I have coached soccer for a number of years. Coached my daughter, coached my son just this last uh, year until it got closed down because of pandemic. I was coaching a group of um, uh, U10 girls how to play soccer and so I've done a lot of coaching and when we Run drills. Uh, always walk through them first. Show them the proper way. These particular girls I was coaching last fall, they had a, um, they had a lot of remedial skills that they just hadn't learned, and they were kind of behind on their, their. Uh, learning as how to, even some of the basics, real fundamentals, like proper passing technique and all that. So there was a lot of times early on where my daughter and I, we were coaching together. We would just literally have to show them exactly the proper foot position. Sometimes we would actually have to help them twist their body and put their foot in the right place and make them do it over and over again and literally show them how it was done until they could pass the ball properly and that's typically the way it goes with coaching particularly little kids we're always showing them how to run the drills showing them the proper technique showing them what they looked like and how they did it wrong and then showing them how they could do it better and that's uh, that's just the way coaching works uh, same thing is true in the spiritual life when I was teaching at the college a handful of years ago I taught a class called foundations for spiritual growth it's really um, what has now become my online course, The Basics of Spiritual Growth. I've added to it and changed some of that, but literally it's the same course that's on in my online course, The Basics of Spiritual Growth. And uh, I was teaching that class, had a group of students. I limited the number of students in that class to about 12 students, and it was an uh, evening class. And so it kind of made it feel more like a spiritual growth class than just a normal college class. And We tried to keep it real kind of personal. And so there we are, we're sitting, and I'm talking about some of the basic spiritual practices of Bible reading and praying. And I don't even remember which student it was, but one of these students said, Everyone has always told us we should read our Bible and pray, but no one's ever showed us how. Other students chimed in. They're like, yeah, that's true. I mean, like growing up in youth group, they told us you should read your Bible and pray, but they never showed us how. So how do you read the Bible and pray on a regular basis? And so I was like, I can only show you how I do it. And it's the way I've done it for a long time. And right then and there, I just uh, pretended basically like I was doing my own personal Bible reading and prayer time right in front of the students out loud so they could see what I did. In fact, Literally, that's pretty much what is on um, the homepage of my website, where there's that free little mini course, three-part mini course on how to read the Bible and pray. That grew out of this experience in my uh, with my students in this Foundations for Spiritual Growth class, and and I just did it on video. I figured, well, if it was helpful to my students. I should do it for others, and so I've done it for a lot of other people over the years. Put it on that video course. You can get that for free on my website. But basically just showing people, in that case of those students, showing my students how I, it's the only one way, there's other ways to do it, but how I read the Bible and pray as a way to help them at least have a model for doing that. Here's why that's so important. Showing is more helpful than just telling. Yeah, there might be some telling involved, But showing is more helpful than just telling. And that's directly connected to this theme of discipleship that we've been exploring. Let me show you what I mean. In uh, the Gospels, uh, you have the 12 disciples. Let's just start with them. You have the 12 disciples who become Jesus' apostles. They are called, as we said in last week's episode, to be with Jesus. And so for three, three and a half years, they literally get to be Physically with Jesus. They get to see him. They get to hear him, right? They get to interact with him. They laugh with him. They see his smile. They hear his tone of voice. They're literally with him and seeing him. And they're learning directly from Jesus. And that enables them to imitate Jesus. Like what they see him act like they get to do. What they see him practice. When he gets up early while it's still dark and goes out to a lonely place to pray. They see him do that. They realize, oh, that's an important practice in his life. We should do that. And so they get to imitate him right from the get-go. In fact, in the episode in this series entitled The Ultimate Goal of Discipleship, a few weeks back, we said that discipleship entails imitation. Discipleship entails imitation. And they got to do that. They got to see him and watch him and hear him and see how he treated people. And they could begin to imitate that. Well, now, fast forward 20 to 30 years from uh, their time with Jesus, right? And now it's been 20 to 30 years since Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. He is now no longer physically with them. They're going around and telling people about Jesus and that he's the Messiah, inviting people into his kingdom and calling them to follow him and become his disciples, right? Jesus said, go make disciples. They're doing that. It's been 20 or 30 years of doing that. And so now you have a bunch of new disciples scattered all over the Mediterranean world, right? The Apostle Paul has started churches all over the Mediterranean world. The other apostles are starting churches and And so now you have all these new gatherings of new disciples all over the Mediterranean world. They didn't learn directly from Jesus. In fact, these new disciples never actually physically saw Jesus. They never physically heard Jesus. How are they going to follow him? Like They they don't get the benefit of actually seeing him, to imitate him. So how are they going to be disciples? If discipleship entails imitation, and they don't literally get to see Jesus, how are they going to become his disciples? How are they going to follow him? Well, that's a really important question, and obviously they can get some teaching, right? The uh, apostles, when they make disciples, are passing on Jesus' teaching. That's part of making disciples, teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. So they're going to get Jesus teaching, but they need more than that, right? If they're going to imitate, they need something more. Where does that more come from? Well, listen to what the Apostle Paul says. He says this actually over and over in his letters. So let's just follow what he says. Let's do it roughly in chronological order, starting with one of his earliest letters and then up to some later letters. We'll just kind of track his thoughts. So here's 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 7 through 9. Paul writes, for you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us. So writing to the church of Thessalonica about the year 51, maybe 52, so pretty early on in Paul's ministry, pretty early on in Christian history, Paul says, You know how you ought to imitate us because we were not idle. And he's dealing with a specific issue in the church where some people were just mooching off the generosity and well-being of the church rather than working hard for their own keep. So he says, we were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with toil and labor, we worked night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you this specific issue. He's like, we were an example of how you got to work hard. You, you need to pay for your own keep, right? We didn't want to be a burden to you. He says, it wasn't because we didn't have the right as apostles. Paul teaches us elsewhere. We had the right to be taken care of by you, but we wanted to give you in ourselves an example for you to imitate. And so Paul's life became a concrete pattern that they could imitate as they were learning how to follow Jesus, both in being generous and not mooching off the generosity of other people. First Corinthians, a few years later, 1 uh, Corinthians chapter 4, Paul writes these words, For though you have countless guides in Christ, You do not have many fathers, for I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Paul is the one that planted the church, first taught them the gospel. So he says, I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you, therefore, notice this, be imitators of me. That's what I want. I want you to imitate me, imitate my way of life, imitate my discipleship. Be imitators of me. He says, that's why I sent Timothy to you, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, to remind you, catch this, to remind you of my ways in Christ. Timothy will remind you how I acted. Timothy actually will be a model because he's like me. He will be another model as I teach them everywhere in the church. In fact, a little later in 1 Corinthians, Paul just says it very starkly and succinctly. This is the most probably well-known one of these kind of phrases. Listen to this, 1 Corinthians 11.1. Be imitators of me, Paul says, as I am of Christ. Notice how just stark and succinct that is. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. In other words, Paul is providing a concrete pattern of what it looks like to follow Christ. And he knows he doesn't do it perfectly. So, as I am of Christ, I'm imitating Jesus and to the degree in which and in the way in which I imitate Jesus I want you to imitate me. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Uh, elsewhere, Paul says this, Philippians chapter 3, a few years after the Corinthian letters, Paul writes this: Brethren, this is Philippians 3:17. Brethren, join in following my example. So again, imitate me, and then notice this, and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. Study those, pay attention to those who walk, that is who carry out their life, according to the pattern that you have in us. So Paul provided a pattern. Other people picked up that pattern. They're imitating that pattern. And so now they're providing a pattern to to still other new disciples of Jesus. Philippians chapter four says this, the things you have learned, and received and heard and seen in me Paul writes practice these things and the god of peace will be with you again it's that theme of imitating you learned it from me you received it from me you heard it from me and you also saw it in me you saw me living it out practice those things and then in what as best as we can tell Paul's last letter second Timothy Paul writes these words second Timothy chapter 3 directly to Timothy who has been his co-worker in ministry by the point Paul writes this for probably around 15 years. Paul writes these words to Timothy. You, however, have followed, again, that theme of imitating, patterning after. You have followed my teaching, my conduct. My aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me in Antioch and Iconium and Lystra, which were all in the area around Timothy's hometown. You saw that. You watched that. You saw me live it out. You experienced it. And you have followed all of that stuff. You've imitated that. Here's the point of just that quick tour through all those passages of Scripture it's this people need concrete examples of discipleship. People need concrete examples of what it looks like to follow Jesus. They need a pattern. They need a model. Showing is more helpful than just telling. Like my students in Foundations of Spiritual Growth, everyone's told us that we need to read our Bible and pray, but no one's showed us. Can you show us at least how you do it? Showing is more helpful than telling. People need concrete examples. And that's what Paul is offering in his ministry. And that's what he is also saying, those who have followed his pattern, they're providing an, a new pattern to you. And so that pattern gets passed on as people imitate us, as we imitate Jesus. Um, and that line that Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. In some regards, I'm like, wow, that could I say that? Could I say that? It almost sounds like proud or arrogant. And yet, there's a sense in which, well, no, not really. I've walked with Jesus for a long time. Uh, I have learned a lot about following Jesus. Am I perfect? No. I don't want you to imitate my imperfections. But in the places where I actually do truly imitate Jesus... I would be happy if you would imitate me so that at least you have a pattern and then you can put it into practice in your own life, right? Like People need those concrete patterns. Look at your life. Look at your life. Now, I don't know how far down the road of discipleship you are. I don't know if you're a fairly new believer in Jesus. I don't know if you're a fairly mature or you've been walking with Jesus for a long time. And so, we're all at different stages on the discipleship path, aren't we? We're, some, some are new believers, some are mature believers, some are in between that. Some are still trying to figure out if they're a believer. We're all at different stages. So I don't know exactly where you're at. But if you're down the line a little ways, if you've been walking with Jesus for a handful of years, if you're kind of in that growing faith stage or mature faith stage, if you're somewhere down the path, ask yourself this question. Would somebody be more like Jesus if they imitated my life? If if the answer to that is, I'm not sure or no, then you need to ramp up your discipleship to Jesus. You need to begin imitating Jesus. And if you're not sure exactly how to do that, then you need to find somebody to imitate, right? You need a concrete pattern. Like in your parenting, does it? Does it flesh out the character, wisdom, grace, and truth of Jesus? In your marriage, does it flesh out the character, grace, and truth, and goodness of Jesus? The the love relationship between Jesus and the church, as Paul talks about in Ephesians 5. like Does your life, in, in the way you conduct yourself uh, on your job, in your business dealings, with your finances, does it... Uh, Is it imitating Jesus if he were in your place? That's the idea. And if you're not sure, you might need to find a concrete pattern, someone to help show you what that looks like. If you're a fairly new believer, then you need relationships with um, more experienced believers who can show you how to pray. They can show you how to study scripture. They can show you how to conduct your marriage Um, after the pattern we have in Christ and taught by his apostles, right? So if you're a new or younger believer, uh, uh, you're fairly new at this whole discipleship thing, you need relationships with more experienced believers. And if you're a little further down the discipleship path and you've been walking with Jesus for a while, then you actually need those relationships too so that you can provide a concrete pattern for those people to follow Jesus. That your discipleship is intended to help other people's discipleship so that they can imitate you as you imitate Christ like Paul. That's the point. Here is a really, really important truth that sometimes we miss, at least in my country, in America, where we're so individualistic, and man, we're all about our, our rights, our life, our individual life. We have this phrase that's become very popular in our Christianity that really is just taken American individualism and baptized into Christ. And it just doesn't work. All right. Here's the phrase, my personal relationship with Jesus, my personal relationship with Jesus. Now, here's here's what's true about that. Your relationship with Jesus is personal. It's personal. It's you and Jesus. It's there's a personal relationship, a personal following of him. Personal choices and Jesus wants you to become like him. So it is personal in that sense. But here's the part we have to be careful with. Even though your relationship with Jesus is personal, it's not individual. Your relationship with Jesus is personal, but it's not individual. In other words, we need each other. We need each other to help each other. And and so if you're fairly new to following Jesus, you need relationships with more experienced believers to show you how to follow him, to pattern for you what it looks like to be a disciple, to help you begin to figure out how to organize your life, to provide a concrete model. That's what you need. That's what Paul is offering through his life. That's what he's offering through those who have imitated his life and now are living there in Philippi. Like, we need that. Let's not minimize that uh, for the sake of, well, I've got my own personal relationship with Jesus. I don't do it. I'm going to do it my way. Well, all well and good, but what if you had a concrete pattern to actually help you see what it was look like? Imitate me. As I imitate Jesus. And if you've been around following Jesus for a while, it's not just you and your relationship with Jesus. You need to begin investing in those who are fairly new at this thing so they have a concrete pattern so they can learn how to follow Jesus too from watching your life because showing is more helpful than telling. They need to see it in you, they need to see what it looks like, and so provide that concrete example. This is just one of the really major problems with much of our approach to church these days. So the way we do church, that church is oftentimes mostly about a big crowd and we don't really know what people's life is like behind the scenes. We don't get involved in each other's lives. We don't see how people arrange their life to live out their faith and follow Jesus. We don't see how they um, stay up a little bit later to read the word and pray or get up a little bit earlier to read the word and pray. We don't see how they interact with their kids and how they help Point them towards Jesus. We just don't see that because we're just not involved in in each other's lives. And we need that. We need those concrete patterns that discipleship always happens in a one another environment. We'll probably have a podcast on that here in the next week or two because that's so important. But for now, just think about this idea of man, could we, how could we even uh, create an environment where it is um, normal? and natural for people to have concrete patterns of discipleship. I think we would get further down the discipleship path. We would have more mature disciples if right from the get-go there were concrete patterns of mature following of Jesus for newer and younger believers because people need those concrete patterns. And you hear that in the Apostle Paul. He lived with those people. They saw his life. They experienced him following Jesus. They saw how he responded to difficulty. They saw how he responded to criticism. They saw how he uh, used his time and how he prayed and what he did with his life. They saw how he interacted with people. They heard his tone of voice. And from that, they learned how to follow Jesus. And so here we are 2,000 years now, not just 20 or 30 years, but 2,000 years from the time when Jesus was with the 12 physically. And that pattern of discipleship gets passed on primarily through people seeing that pattern in you and in me and imitating that pattern. Discipleship gets passed on through concrete models of discipleship. Discipleship gets passed on through concrete patterns, models, examples of discipleship. So be that pattern. Offer that pattern. Or if you're new to this, Find that pattern and begin to imitate others as they imitate Jesus. All right, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Bible and Life podcast. Once again, just remember that this is a listener-supported show and a listener-supported ministry. And if you're a, if you are one of those who supports this ministry either through my Patreon page or World Family Mission blessings upon you. Thanks a ton. We're coming upon the two-year anniversary of me having a Patreon page, and I would love to see more, more patrons sign up and join it just to make this possible and really to continue to expand the reach of this ministry. And so if you want to be a patron of the Bible and Life podcast, swing on over to my Patreon page. The link is down in the notes below. And just sign up. You could sign up for $5 a month, $10 a month, $20 a month, $25, $100 a month, whatever you have. If you have a little extra lying around, support this ministry. Get an extra podcast a month, some extra Bible teaching that way, and other perks as well, discounts on some of my online courses and that. So swing on over to my Patreon page. Become a patron of the Bible and Life Ministry. And to those of you who already are doing that, blessings on you. Thanks a ton. I appreciate it immensely. You're the reason this ministry is continues to grow, continues to thrive. You're the reason we have the listener's commentary out already. And so thank you for your generosity and your support. God bless each and every one of you. May you walk with Jesus, follow Jesus, and show others how to do the same. Look forward to talking to you again real soon.